Well, firstly, just want to just want to say I'm really, really grateful for the opportunity. Um, I just, I just, I think it was Andy who came up to me. I think it was a couple of months back and said, "Oh, would you like to would you like to share something over the summer?" And I, and I wasn't quite sure if he was joking or if he was serious. And then, and then I said, "Yeah, absolutely. I would have loved to." And then, uh, and yeah, so I'm, I'm really, really grateful for the opportunity. And thank you so much um, for the opportunity. And I really hope. Um, I will make the most of this 10 minutes that I've got. Um, Proverbs is such a, such a great book. I'm just going to stay a couple of minutes on, on Proverbs and then I'm going to quickly move on to the topic that I've been given, uh, or I chose, rather. Um, Proverbs is such a, such a good book. It, it has got so many things in there. Um, and I think, it was, I think it was so many years back, I think it was 10 years back or something, it was a conversation with my mum uh, or with or a friend from church, I can't remember. Uh, and they were saying, Proverbs is really good. It's got 31 chapters and you can fit it in a month and you can, you can carry on reading it as you go on. Um, and, and I just kept doing that for so many years, ever since. Um, and well, now I've just started reading Psalms instead uh, every night. But but uh, it's it's such an amazing book, um, and and yeah. Oh, thank you. Um, this was I was just listening to a podcast from Ray Ortland, and and it just and this was something that really just changed my perspective on Proverbs. It was just a couple of weeks. Well, it was last week that I was just reading it, um, and and he says it's like having a conversation with Jesus in a counselor office, um, and another one where he's where he said it's like Jesus teaching us wisdom. Isn't it amazing where you can just go into a room and read Proverbs and, and listen to what Jesus is actually speaking to us, to our lives? It just gave a different perspective. I don't know if that was helpful, but it just gave a def different perspective on reading Proverbs. So, um, but I'm, I'm here not to talk about Proverbs, you're glad to know. I'm, I, well, I'm, I'm here to talk on, on an aspect of Proverbs, but not the, entire not the entire book. I'm here to talk on friendship. Um, yeah, maybe maybe the next slide. Yeah, uh, um, that was a bit more scary, dog. But um, I'm just here to talk about friendship. Now, I think friendship is um, can be it's a really really deep relationship uh, for most of us. Um, it, it can bring in some really good memories of some fun and and a really good time that you have with some friends. It can also bring some really negative energy and sort of not so good moments um, in our lives. It, it could bring mixed emotions. Um, and I just, I just want to just put this out there. What's the first, who's the first person that comes to mind when I say the word friend to you? Who's the first person that comes to you? And what is it about that person that really um, stands out to you when I say the word friend? What is that characteristic trait that really stands out to you? Um, I just want to take that moment, just maybe leave it out there, and just maybe for you to just reflect on that. Who, who is that person? And what is it about that person that really um, stands out to you? Because as we all know, friendship is a, is a deep relationship. Um, today I'm going to be, uh, all the passages that's going to be up in the slides is all going to be from uh, NASB. Um, it's, just, it's just a version that I tend to use. Uh, it's a New American Standard Bible, um, just in case you, you wanted to follow. So um, that's, I think that's all about introduction, and I'll probably move over um, uh, to the next one. So there, there, there are four points that I really want to share today, um, and what I've called as the four who's of friendship, um, and, and you'll probably figure it out during the course of the sermon. Um, the first one is, as you probably might have already guessed, who are your friends? 
And, and it's, it's, one of this, it's one of those really, really common things that you know, yeah, I can tell you by your friends and you know, really common sayings you've heard of um, before. And, and this is the, I, I just want to start us off by just reading from Proverbs chapter 13, verses 20. Um, and, it, and it reads like this, and I'm going to read from the NASB. It's from Proverbs chapter 13, verses 20. And it says, he who walks with wise men will be wise but the companion of fools will suffer harm. Don't you like it when the Bible just gets to the point? Uh, it's, it's really cool because sometimes, um, yeah, you can just read a chapter and go, oh, wow, I've just got bruised entirely everywhere. But it's just, it's just really cool sometimes when, when, you, when you read it and it just speaks to your soul. Um, it's two things that I just want to quickly pick from this verse. It says, walk with wise men and you'll be wise. And then the second portion, it says, companions of fools will suffer harm. It's really interesting where it says you walk with wise and you become wise, you become a character, you, you, you change and you transform your thinking. And then, and then the second portion, it says, well, you, if, you walk with a, if you're a companion of fools, it just talks about where you end up. Um, it's, it's really interesting how, how Proverbs sometimes can just, just, just put things into perspective some, uh, quite often. Um, for, for a moment, I just want to just quickly stay on the word walk, because um, it's, 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 it's a relationship, you know, it's not just physical walking with someone, it is actually walking, it's accompanying, it is a relationship, and that's where I just want you to think for a second, because it's not, it's not just walking, just having a walk in the park, it's actually a relationship with someone you're having. It's a deeper relationship and you're walking with them, you're accompanying them. It's, a, it's an act of becoming um, and, and, and that's what um, I want you to think, think for a moment. And, and I'm just, just thinking of the second portion where it says wise men um, and, and what you become uh, there. Uh, if, if, you, if you maybe think for a second, what, what, do, wise, what do wise people generally do? Um, I don't know if you've had the opportunity to walk and, and have a relationship with wise people or people who who've, who are really uh, way up there in the in the in the in the wisdom sphere. Um, they they tend to just share some some stories of their life. Um, they they tend to share a lot about uh, a lot of advice. Sometimes, um, yeah, they can share a lot of advice, um, and a lot of the times they can they can also be annoying. Um, because they share something and you don't like it and it doesn't sit well with you and you're like, yeah, I'm not listening to that guy anymore. I'm not going to go back and, you know, have this. So sometimes it can, you know, sometimes you can have a bit of a friction with, with some of these wise people because sometimes they just tell the truth um, plainly. Um, just, just to go with that, in Proverbs 15, uh, anyone, any, anyone over here would like to be wise? Anyone? Yeah, I, I can see. Well, if you don't put their hand up, it doesn't matter. I'll just assume that you like to be wise. Um, in Proverbs 15, verses 31, it says, He, who, he whose ear listens to the life-giving reproof will dwell among the, wife, uh, the, the wise, uh, not wife. Um, and, it's just, and it just got me thinking, because quite often it can be in the listening and, and, and then changing your way can actually just transform your thinking and the way um, you go about your life. And sometimes that's one of the things you really don't want to be doing because let's face it, we don't like changing our ways. We like to stay in what we're doing. So um, 
and I'm, I'm going somewhere with it in case you're wondering where I'm going with this. Um, and I, I, was, I was just, I, I had this crisp packet. I was going to my kitchen ca cabinet and I was looking for some snacks and I just, I just saw this crisp packet where, where it said, you are what you eat. Um, and it just got me thinking, um, and that was actually not so bad, Chris, but it maybe works for them uh, as a marketing technique. But um, it just got me thinking, you are what you eat. And quite often we can be so caught up with what you eat and you want to have clean food, you want to have vegetables, you, have, you want to have all that kind of stuff. And you're really, really careful on what you eat because you know that it will have an effect on you over, over, over a period of time. Um, but how often do we really think about the friends we're in relationship and what impact that will actually have on you? Or the people we don't tend to hang out with and maybe we should be hanging out with? Um, and, and who would we tend to avoid because they just will say there's annoying advices sometimes? And you know, so, so who are we trying to avoid? Um, so yeah, I think, I think it just got me thinking quite often. Um, and just on the next verse, um, Sam, if you maybe go to the next one. Uh, just going back to Proverbs 13, verses 20, if you go to the next slide. Uh, no, no, yeah, no, 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 you can go back. Yeah, the next, yeah, perfect. Um, Proverbs 13, verses 20, and it says, but he who walks with wise men will be wise, but a companion of fools will suffer harm. Um, and I just, and I just want to, um, uh, think about that for a second, because quite often you, um, and, you walk with fools and sometimes you just, you just end up um, mirroring what they tend to do, how they think. Um, and I just want to share a quick story about one of my, uh, my, my cousin who, um, when he was really, really young, and I think I was 10 or 11 years old, um, and um, maybe if you pop to the, if you go to the next slide. I don't know if you recognize this, I, it's, it's a bit pixelated, so forgive me, but um, it's a bourbon biscuit in case you're figuring out, you're trying to figure out what that is. Um, one of my cousins, my cousins actually love um, love bourbon biscuits, and his mum always used to pack this uh, in his lunchbox. Um, and uh, there was one day when he came back from school, and, and I was actually there, and he came in from came in from the school bus, and he he, he came straight at home and said, "Mum, I'm not going to have the bourbon biscuits anymore. Uh, I don't like the bourbon biscuits." Um, and his and his mum was a bit startled it was like why why because you always enjoy having bourbon biscuits and why why all of a sudden you don't want to have bourbon biscuits um, and then he said no because my friend said um, that if I have those bourbon biscuits I'm going to turn brown because he had a darker tone um, and then he said well I'm, I'm going to change my skin color now because I, and I don't want the bourbon biscuits anymore and that's probably because I'm, I'm, I'm a bit darker tone and and at that time when I was listening to him, I was like, yeah, that's not really the case. That's really not, you, you, just, you just, yeah, yeah, that's, that's not how it works. Uh, but he was really young and he didn't, um, he didn't register. Um, but quite often, without we knowing, sometimes we can just let some advisors in and quite often we can just rub on us and, and uh, we can rub off certain things that people have done or doing and sometimes without we knowing, it can just take shape in our lives. Um, to be honest, two days later, I was thinking, well, maybe I should avoid those bourbon biscuits. We never know what might just happen. Um, so yeah, it, it, robbed, it, it, it sat on me for a while and although at that time I'd said no, it did take an effect at some point. Um, the second who, uh, I, the second who that I just want to quickly talk on is who are you to your friends? 
Um, now, that, now that's a challenge, isn't it? Because uh, it talks about, well, who are you to your friends? Because quite often we would like to be in the receiving end of having um, all those niceties from friends, but I think who, who are we to our friends? In Proverbs 3, verses 3 and 4, it says, do not, do not let kindness and truth leave you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart so you will find favor and good repute in the sight of God and man. Now, that, that's, a, that's a verse with a promise um, in, in, that, in that chapter. If you, if, um, and what really caught my attention was, do not let kindness and truth leave you. Bind them around your neck. And then it says, you will find favor and good repute in the sight of God and man. Um, and it's, it's, it's really, um, I, I've never read that verse in, in this way before, because it just talks about how you will find favor in the sight of people when when, 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 you're, when you're binding. The, the word there says bind them around your neck. And if you think about binding, when you're wanting to bind a book, it's, it's actually you sticking it together and you stick it to your neck. And, and, and I was thinking, why, why neck? Uh, why, just, why do you need to bind um, kindness and truth around your neck? And, it's, and, and the way I thought about it is because your neck is where you look. You look at a person. You, 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 look, you, you look up to someone or you, 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 your, your angle and the way you look at someone uh, and the way how you look at someone needs to be um, led by kindness and truth, and I think that's that that's what I that's that was the definition that I came up with. Um, but but it's um, and, and in Proverbs six verses twenty one it also says bind them continually, um, and it's and it's an act of doing that repetitively. Um, for a second, I just want to quickly talk on. Um, uh, something slightly away from Proverbs, and I'm going to bring it back um, again, and I'm conscious of time. Um, so um, I don't know if you know this, but from the last 10, well, last seven, eight years, or maybe even more, it's been bubbling up for quite a long time. It's about um, trade protectionism. Now, if you know about this in the government policy, there's this government policy where it talks about protectionism, where they like to protect the economy internally, and therefore they like to just ensure that the internal economy is doing well, therefore reduce the imports and that sort of thing. Um, if you think about it, protectionism sometimes can be good because it, it helps internal employment, it helps innovation internally, that sort of thing. Um, but what, what it also does is maybe reduce a bit of competitiveness, it increases prices more generally, so it does impact households. Um, and and what, what has done in the last so many, in the, in the last few years is we've, we've, we've been a couple of years of pandemic uh, where we've seen uh, lockdowns, we've been locked in at home. Um, it, was, it was a different emotional cycle that we've been in. Um, we've, we've been through um, being locked down at home, we've only been let out of home every 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 one hour a day, and that sort of thing. And um, now we're facing inflation. We're, we're seeing double-digit inflation across across the UK um, in many places. Um, and there's also a lot of talk about recession. Well, we are in a recession in, in some way, and 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 we're facing that as as a as a household and as a family. Um, uh, as well in may, maybe 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 many areas of your of your life. So so what has actually that done? To us, um, it, it has brought so, to some extent isolation. We've we've tried to protect our household. We try to we, we try to protect what we're trying to do. Well, this is ours. This is this is uh, I, I can't I can't let someone in because I, I won't have enough. Uh, I need to protect myself. I need to protect my family. Um, I'm not saying that you need you, you should not be wise in where, how you're dealing with finances. I'm just saying that that is a lo lot of the times we've we've we've. We've tried to keep it to ourselves sometimes. Um, 
and, and Romans um, 1 verses 11 and 12, I'm just going to quickly touch on this, and, it, and, it, and, it's, and, it's, and, it's, and it's intertwined with the message, friends. And it says, I long to see, this is Paul talking in Romans 1, it says, I long to see you so that I may impart to you some spiritual gift to make you strong, that, in, that you and I may be mutually encouraged by each other's faith. And, and Paul is talking about the fact that you and I may be mutually encouraged. Um, and it was just interesting because Paul is a superhero when it comes to the gospel, but then he is actually talking to the Romans and he's saying, well, look, I would love to be part of your group because I would like to be encouraged myself as well. And I would like to impart some spiritual gifts to you. Um, and if Paul is saying that's a group of people, how much more do we actually depend on other people? How much more do we need to just open up um, and receive others? Um, and, 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 and in Galatians as well, it talks about um, bearing one another's burdens and thereby fulfilling the law of Christ. There's just so many verses and so many things I can, I can read on. Um, and in Romans 15, 1, it says, now who you are, um, now who, and now we who are strong ought to bear the weaknesses of those without strength and not just please ourselves. Um, interesting. Um, so I think it was a couple of, last year we had the, we, we, we uh, we were really blessed to actually be part of this community, uh, part of the church, uh, and we had the opportunity to be part of um, uh, the, the academy. Um, and we got to meet a lot of lovely people. Uh, and at the end of the first course, we were asked, well, would you like to lead a group? Um, and and we, we, were, we were slightly hesitant to say the, to say the truth because we, we weren't really sure if, if leading a group was, was our thing. Um, because we, we weren't sure if, if how it's going to go, there's going to be time commitment, it's not going to be that easy. Um, and to be honest, there's nothing, there's nothing straightforward and easy in life. Generally, there's always things that you need to put, put an effort into. Um, we, we did a couple of sessions and we just found such a massive release in our lives. Yes, it was an effort leading up to that day, but but when the day came, there was a person who rocked up with his guitar. He was playing his guitar. It was just amazing. It was just fantastic. And, and through that, we built relationships uh, with people. We, we tend to meet some of them for picnic. We tend to do stuff together. And, and it has been a moment where we've, we've helped each other and grow spiritually. Um, and, and I've loved it. And I can't wait for September for us to kick back the group session again. And I just... And, and that, that, was, that was just one example where I was just holding back, where we were holding back. And, and we just decided, well, no, we, we're going to open up. Um, and, and there's always something to be had there. Um, I'm just, and just, I'm going to quickly touch on the third and I'm going to move straight into the fourth because I need to hand it over to John and I've overrun massively. Um, on the third, it says, Why sh who, who should you continue to be? And that's the third point. Um, and in Proverbs 17, verse 17, it says, a friend loves at all times and a brother is born for adversity. And in the Amplified Version, it says, and I love the way how it, it's put in the Amplified Version, it says, a friend loves at all times and is born as, as is a brother for adversity. Um, and that, that, changes, that changes the perspective uh, a little bit. We, we were having a Bible study the other day, and it was, we were just talking about um, Bible study at home with my parents, and, um, and we, we, were just, we just ended up reading this passage about humbleness. Um, and then I, I just asked the question, well, what is actually humbleness? Um, and then 
we started talking about, well, it could be being humble um, uh, or it could be something. Uh, and we started sharing different ideas. And then the one thing that really stood out to me um, was uh, it's, it's about laying your rights down. Um, and that, that, was, that was the thing that really came to me first because quite often we can be, um, we can always go and speak to people saying, well, that is my right. That is my right to receive it. That is my right to, um, for you to be nice to me. Uh, and quite often we can, we can put that over people. Um, in, in, in Ruth chapter 1, verse 16, um, it talks about a story where Ruth um, uh, had an option either to go with Naomi or to go by herself because she lost her husband. Um, and so she had the right to leave and just go and start a family of her own. But she decided to stick with Naomi, her, her mother-in-law, and said, well, I'm going to come with you. I'm going to cling to you. And that's what the Bible says in verses 14. And, and, and you know at the end how it, how it, turned, out, how it turned out for, for, for Ruth. In chapter 1 of Matthew, it talks about Ruth being one of the genealogies that's been counted to Jesus. Um, so, and, just, and, and, and probably just last one, um, and, I'm, and I'm going to clo close, is, is who is... Who is now that's that's all about friendship, um, but that you can have with people around. Um, but there is this in Proverbs six, in Proverbs twenty verses six. It says, "Many a man proclaims his loyalty, but who can find a trustworthy man?" And 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 for a second, you know, we can we can have a lot of relations with a lot of lot of people. We can be friends with people. We can we can have uh, friends who can speak into our lives. Um, but there is a there may come a point where they can let us down, um, and there can, they may come a point where where it just won't work. Um, and and I and 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 that's probably where I probably just want to challenge you. Where where is God in that friendship um, zone? And 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 in, and in the next. Verse um, in John chapter 15, it says, No longer do I call you slaves, for slaves does not know what his master is doing, but I've called you friends. For all things that I have heard from my father, I have made known to you. Um, and Jesus is calling us his friends. Um, and, and, and today, before, before I close, um, there, there has been a few other things that I've just had to skip through um, because I, handed, I have to hand it over to John. And, um, but what I just want to pray over is, um, look, we, we've, had, we've been in friendships and we have been friends to, with many people. Um, and a lot of the times we've maybe, we may have memories of hurt, we may have memories of, of failure. Sometimes we've been on the receiving end, maybe we were on the giving end. And we may be stuck with guilt sometimes of, of how we've dealt with some people, or maybe on the receiving end where we've been hurt in this friendship. Um, and, and I just want to just, just get your eyes off that for a second. And I just want to say that Jesus wants to be your friend um, today. God wants to just speak that release over you today. Um, and, and if I can just close in prayer and before I hand it over to John, um, I just want to just pray over those who would identify yourself as, yes, I was either on the receiving end of, of being hurt or, or, or um, that I was the one who is hurting someone and I can't forgive myself for what I've done. Um, and I just want to share that. And probably also just another point uh, around if you're close and you really want God to open your heart to, to be that friend uh, to another person and go deeper in that relationship, 
with another person. So I just want to pray for these two points. And if you identify yourself as that person today, I just want you to just um, just put your um, just 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 raise your heart to God today because He's He's just wanting to um, speak to. He's just He's wanting to minister to you. So I'm going to pray now. Um, God, we we thank you so much, God, because in John 15 you've declared that you want to be our friend. You, you want to reveal mysteries to us. You want to speak healing um, over us. Um, and, and, it is, and, and God, we just want to open, Lord, our, our heart to you today. God, we've, um, th- there may be areas where we've suffered, hurt. We've, we've been hurt by people. Um, we've been, uh, we've, people have failed us many times. We've expected people would turn up, but they just didn't. Or there may be areas where we've hurt people and we just can't forgive ourselves of what we've done and how we've let people down. And Lord, we just, we just come to your throne boldly and just lay those at your feet, God. We also leave our reservations behind of actually going out and, and being, that, uh, being that church to the other person around us uh, and, and letting the kindness and truth just bind in our neck. God, we sometimes resist that and we just, God, we just want to lay those at your feet. And Lord, we ask, would you just, would you just move over the Holy Spirit? Would you just let our hearts uh, just, just receive what you want to give us, Lord, today? Thank you so much, Lord, for that peace and that inner healing you're speaking over each of us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Isn't God good? It's amazing how he's already tying so much of today together without his... uh, It's like he's got his hand on today and Holy Spirit's turning up here just in the words that come through but summer Sundays are great I love the heat I love getting a chance to rest and do something different I'm not behind the sound desk for change but it does mean John I'm listening out to what's going on up there just give it once an audio guy always an audio guy on that one and we've got our series on Proverbs and I've got a bit of a confession here Proverbs isn't one of my favorite books of the Bible it's a little bit cookie cutter-esque to me, like fortune cookies, you, you get it, it's a quick verse. But actually, God's really challenged that part of my attitude towards this. Yes, it's part of the wisdom books of the Old Testament. It's part, it was written by King Solomon, so it's got a huge amount of wisdom. The man who's described as the wisest who ever lived wrote this. But for me, I've really had to wrestle with this. But as I've wrestled with this, God has brought out a lot of truth and wisdom to me. And it's really challenged me on that one. So even if you guys don't really get anything out of this, I know God's done a lot of me on this one. So all good. And today I've got a topic that's really close to my heart. The fear of the Lord. Now, when I say it's close to my heart, when Sarah, my wife and I got married all those years ago, too many for me to count, One of the people praying over us at our wedding prophesied these exact words. You are a couple who will be marked by a fear and love of the Lord. It was something you will be known for and a foundation to your marriage. That was 14 years ago. 
It's been something that Sarah and I have been pursuing ever since. So when Cooley said, chance to speak about things, I saw that as a topic, I thought, fantastic. Chance to go through there. So what does Proverbs have to say about fear of the Lord? A lot of verses on that. I'm going to go through this at quite high speed to get through here. So verse 1, 7. The foundation of true knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and discipline. 9, 10. Again, foundation of wisdom. Knowledge of the Holy One results in good judgment. 14, 2. It puts you on the right path. Fantastic there. 14, 26, 27. We are secure in God. He is our refuge, a life-giving fountain. You go to 1533. Fear the Lord teaches wisdom, humility, preceding honor. 16.6. It helps avoid evil. And fantastic, there's some really great things to see. There's some really great areas to come through there. But we have to start thinking, what is fear? Because I don't know about you, but when fear comes to mind for me, the first thing I go to isn't actually me. It's my daughter, Bethany. And spiders. There's a certain daddy call that will just resonate around the house whenever she sees a spider. She's got a real visceral fear that this spider, despite it probably being no bigger than my thumb, will harm her. It will bite her. Sarah got bitten by spiders a while back, and ever since then, she's really been worried about it. Doesn't sound like that, though, does it? Nor does it sound like someone, a fear of someone who could judge us. We've all got people in our lives in authority over us. I know from my own experience and my own life, I've had people in authority over me who haven't exercised that wisely. About three, four years ago, I had one really, really naff boss. They did everything they could to systematically nitpick my work, micromanage me, destroy my confidence, and really go for me. And actually, despite the fact that I knew I'm a son of God, I'm a child of his, I still had a fear of going into work, working with this boss for a while. I had stress, I had stomach cramps, I didn't sleep for a long period of time while dealing with this. And actually, it's a theme coming out this morning. Where have you had experiences in your life that you've then put onto God? Because for me, I could have really easily taken that experience as someone with more power than me, in more important position, and say, actually, is that thinking going to affect how I see God? Take God in us. We're human. We're created. God, the creator, the one who the Bible says spoke the universe into being, didn't have to do anything more except for speak. What a huge power differential there, though. But it doesn't sound like a fear of being judged by that sort of person at all. We've also got a fear of someone just coming down on us, snapping at us, not being consistent. But we know, again, as people, we can be like that. I can be grumpy, I can be happy, I can be friendly, and that might change how I react to someone. But we know from the Bible that it describes God as consistent, never, never changing, always loving, 
always for us. So it can't be a fear of that then. So we've eliminated several types of fear of what it could be, and they're all, if I'm going to be honest, fairly negative types. We have to start wrestling then with what does fear of the Lord actually mean? It's a concept the whole church has been wrestling with over its 2,000-year life, to be honest. Now, some of you will know I'm the son of a Methodist vicar. So when I start wrestling with stuff, I often go back and think, actually, what did John Wesley, founder of the Methodist church, do? He's a guy who really loved the Lord, was marked by the fear of the Lord, was marked by a passion for preaching as well. I mean, he's a dude who traveled a quarter of a million miles on horseback over his lifetime. Just put that into perspective. Not all of us will drive that far. Um, but he described fear of the Lord as a reverence and obedience to God. Hmm. Useful, useful bit of reading. As I kept reading on wider about this so part of the preparation, actually, ironically, we're in a Catholic school. I came across something that Pope Francis said. What a great quote that is. The fear of the Lord, the gift of the Holy Spirit, does not mean being afraid of God, since we know that God is our Father that always loves us and forgives us. It is no servile fear, but rather a, joy, a joyful awareness of God's grandeur and grateful realization that only in him do we find our true peace. Now that's a fear I can relate to. In his work there, he mentioned something called servile fear. And actually, it builds a little bit on the work of what Martin Luther, the uh, priest in the 16th century who's really started the Protestant movement, wrote. He was someone who struggled with the Am I in servile fear, a fear of someone in authority over me who could cause me harm? Or am I in what he defined as filial fear, to do with the family? Filial to do with relationships with, between mums and dads, brothers, sisters. So first of all then, you've got a fear of God as father. I'm actually putting it there and say, he is your father as a first place. But the second part that Luther defined as we fear to, to do something or not do something out of love, out of reverence for God. I think if you look at those three different theologians and different perspectives in the church, this isn't a fear of injury. This isn't a fear of judgment. This is a fear of are we reflecting God because of our relationship with him? as sons and daughters of him, do we ever fear of his grandeur, his majesty? Do we have a fear that through our lives, we are actually doing all we can to maintain relationship with him and to work it through there? It's this fear that's really the foundation behind all those proverbs I mentioned. Now, I wouldn't normally advocate this, but I'm just going to play with scripture a little bit just to help illustrate a point. So if we move on to the next slide, you can see a difference here if we start to think about this fear here. Instead of Proverbs 1.7 saying the fear of the Lord is the foundation of true knowledge, how about this? We think about it as the loving reverence and wonder at God's beauty and one for a relationship with him as father is the foundation of true wisdom. 14.2 those who follow the right path fear the Lord, 
uh, those who take the wrong path despise him. It could read, those who follow the right path want to remain in a deep, close, intimate relationship with God as the Heavenly Father. Those who take the wrong path despise him. Really makes you pause and think, doesn't it? We don't have a God who is angry with us, the judgment that that's what Jesus paid for on the cross. Instead, we have we have a fear being presented today, which is deep, awestruck reverence and the majesty and the splendor of God, of who He is, of what He's accomplished, actually that relationship with Him. And fundamentally, we are sons and daughters. We know that throughout the Bible, God's love for us is just screamed out from the very beginning to the very end of the book. No more typified than through what Jesus did for us and the fact the Father sent him for us. What an amazing place for us to be in there. But to understand how to have the fear of the Lord, we have to start looking at other biblical figures who are really marked by that fear. So it's great that Jebson was saying, reading through the Psalms at the moment, King David, someone who's fundamentally known as an having the fear of the Lord, who was unashamed in his worship, who people had to call back, as you say, you're worshipping too unashamedly for a king. He wrote in Psalm 86.11, Teach me your way, Lord, that I may rely on your faithfulness. Give me an undivided heart, that I may fear your name. There's loads of quotes I could have picked out on this one, but jumping into the New Testament for Paul, He's writing to the Corinthians in 2 Corinthians 7.1. He says, Since we have these promises, beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from every defilement of body and spirit, bringing holiness to completion in fear of the Lord. It's clear we cannot have a true fear of the Lord and have divided hearts. Actually, Trinity, today, is a challenge for you. What have we allowed ourselves to divide our hearts to take our eyes off God. I'm preaching to myself here as well. Because we live in a world of distraction. We live in a world of stress. We live in a world of doom-laden media that constantly wants you to get you on, that, on, a, on a real a servile fear of what could come next. We live in a world where we're supposed to curate our lives and present the best possible version to each other rather than have that real deep friendship that Jebson was mentioned about, where we're just honest with each other. Don't know about you, but that's not the sort of place, place I want to be in. I want to be a person marked by that deep filial fear of God, the one that actually says, you are my heavenly dad, and I want to see that through there. I want to see in every aspect of my life. I'm in awe of what you've done. Actually, as I was as I was praying and preparing for this preach, God laid on my heart three different groups of people. He said, well, identify some of these words I'm about to bring here. And this is me listening to God. Please, weigh, judge, see if you recognize what's coming through here. But I heard him say that he wants to set people free this morning. He's calling to lay these areas down at the foot of the cross. We've already had some mentioned today uh, throughout the service here. But these are specific people for God saying, these areas are dividing your attention away from me. Come lay them down. Come back to that place where I am your first love once again. The first is to a couple of people here. You're letting your performance at work 
and a need to drive that, take the place of God. It's become an idol for you. Because of that, you feel like you can't rest. I heard God saying, come back to spending time with me. It is in that place you will find intimacy and rest that you are desiring. It is in that place, through face-to-face with me, that you will come to understand my majesty. And it's in that place that you'll actually get the solutions to what you need to do with work. It's not through working harder. But come back, put the fear of me back into the center of your work. Secondly, I felt God saying there's two people here. You've got a real pressure to live up to what your parents have set you. And you're projecting that onto God. You're saying, I have to always meet what my parents have set me throughout life. You've been recently speaking to God about it. And I heard him saying, he understands your concern. He loves you. Honoring your parents doesn't mean not having healthy boundaries. You can do both. But I heard him say, he longs to heal you from the hurt that has been caused. And for you to know what a true heavenly dad is, a true consistent heavenly dad. It's your choice today whether you release that pain over to him. But he's saying there's freedom on offer today if you want to. And thirdly, church, I had do a real big challenge to say, there are those in the church today that is using technology as an anesthetic to pain in their lives, using it as a distraction there. I long for them to come to me and to place those burdens at the foot of the cross rather than carry them. I long for them not to have divided hearts. I long for them to have a fear of me. But then he's put that pain down at the foot of my cross. I will not leave them uh, broken there. Instead, I, I, long for them to long, I long for them to let me heal their pain instead. If you're someone who identifies with any of these words, actually someone who just wants to know more of the fear of the Lord, I'm just going to invite us all now just to close our eyes. We're going to pray. And if the band could come back to uh, play as well. Lord, we want to be marked by a fear of you. A fear of your name. Not cowering, not running away from you, but actually running to you, Lord. Running to your awesome splendor and majesty. We may know in our heads, Lord, that you are a good father. Help us know that in our hearts. Help us be marked by that relationship with you. Burn it deep into our hearts, Lord. Lord, we know you delight in us as your children. Help us be consumed by what you are. And where there is pain in our lives, Lord, we just lay that down at the foot of the cross. Where we identify with any of those words mentioned earlier, we lay it down at the foot of the cross and we release it to you. Come pour out yourself today, Holy Spirit. Come bring the freedom that only you can bring, Jesus. We long for that for you, Lord. We long to be a people that are known and marked by a deep relationship with you, our Heavenly Father, and just by the awestruck reverence of who you are and what you've done. Come pour out yourself on us today, we ask you. Amen.